This episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to Zencaster.com and use coupon code that entertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything's Awesome. I am your host, Kevin. This is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And uh, in these uh, next two episodes, there, there are going to be some special episodes that we are doing to cover the 2018 Keystone Comic Con here in Philadelphia, the first ever uh, here. And I am also uh, forcing my, uh, my my longtime live co-host, uh, Mr. Mike D'Angelo, to join me. Thumbs up for Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which you unfortunately did not have a chance to attend uh, Comic Con. No, I had that colonoscopy procedure that left me a little weary over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both in the wallet and in the pants. <laughs> yeah. And so actually, so my butt was okay. It was the uh, like the anesthesia had like a hold on me. So like we went to the gym on Saturday morning, and like it was the weakest I've ever felt in oh, a yeah. long time. Yeah. Um, and then we went to like the store right after, and uh, we got into like a little happening because like i could barely hold up like a bot like a, a case of water oh wow that's yeah, nuts it, it was bad so uh but uh healthy so that's yeah, a, yeah that's, that's Came what back, no no cancer nothing like yeah. that so that's that's uh, a win yeah it's a it's a win at the end of the day uh or the end of the weekend or whatever all did, that time spending uh you know fucking cancer <laughs> <laughs> did you um did they give you the results like right away or did you have to wait so they had like um like I said, a pictures where mm-hmm. he was like, you know, I did this, I did this, I did this. And every doctor who I've seen who has like had like some kind of grasp of like what cancer looks like, they know right away. But like mm-hmm. he did a biopsy anyway. So they he did like his I'm going to look at it. This looks like it's not cancerous, but I'm still going to biopsy it. So then they confirmed it. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, like it only took them the weekend. And then they nice. told me on Monday. Oh, so. nice, 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 nice. Um, so the. Two reasons that we're doing this uh, kind of set up than my normal like, hey, let me just cut an intro by myself is A, we and you kind of have another project that now that we have this nice portable recorder, we might be able to actually do. Uh, Which one? The film related one that I don't want oh, yeah, to yeah, give yeah, the name one. away for. Um, I wasn't sure if we were talking that. Game of Thrones. There's, there's so many different <laughs> projects. I, Game of Thrones, I don't know. That's You keep talking about it and then stop talking about it. I just want you to get to the end of season three, man. Yeah, I need to to get back. But see, I don't think I have HBO anymore. So that's my that's my issue. Is I, It's harder for me to watch it now. No. Um, legally, at least. Which I have not watched it illegally. I want that on the record. It's always been legally that I watched it. They'd be it. all about it if you did, though. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Um, but uh, that and also we kind of did a similar setup for when you did your first year at Wizard World. Yeah, true. Um, where I kind of talked to you a little bit about it um, as a whole episode. So we're not going to, this is going to be well, a quick ish intro. Um, so we're breaking this down into two episodes. Uh, episode one will feature uh, my interview that I did with Mega Ran uh, coming up later today. And also just kind of what happened day one of the, the con. And then the next episode will be covering my uh, Sandy King uh, Carpenter interview that I did. And then also day three for the con. I didn't go to day two. I had prior uh, plans for that. So I missed. That was, from what I understand, the busiest day of the three. Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Um, I I, uh, I ran into Nick Waski on day three, which we can talk about then. Um, uh, but he, we, we chatted about the con um, then. Uh, Friday, uh, was day one for, and it was weird cause I don't know that, um, I've, I've not been to a con that early ever. I think like, well, what is, what time does Friday's wizard world open? Is so it, wizard world on Friday opens kind of late. Um, is it noon or is it a little like bit early? three o'clock, something like that? Because I don't think they want to open it too early because they know that kids are getting out, but for whatever nah. reason, so Thursdays, I think is the day. Thursday, I think, opens late, like three o'clock, like that. I wonder if they Friday because have... I was there. I was there between twelve and one on uh, this year because our panel started at 
was it three or one third? Our, our panel was either one thirty to two thirty or three thirty to four thirty. Yeah, you're right. I think maybe it was like uh, ten o'clock on Friday. Maybe it was Thursday that started kind of late because yeah. they were worried about the kids. And that makes sense because it's it's day one of the con and whatnot. So this this one opened at noon, and it was, the only thing that was strange to me was that it seemed really dead compared to Wizard World. And we had kind of talked about that beforehand. Like, mm-hmm. are people going to be willing to go to another Comic-Con when they know the big one already has come through? And that doesn't necessarily mean that this one wouldn't be big. Mm-hmm. But, like, in their minds, like, it's their first year. Well, and not only that, first year is a big thing uh, with that mindset. But also, more so than, I think, Wizard World just happening, it's in less than a month. I think in two or three weeks from now. Um, is New York Comic-Con. New York Comic-Con, put on by the same people who ran Keystone, yeah. Read Pop. So that was, I think, a concern that they realized almost right away because they scheduled 2019 for August, the end of August, I think. And it looks like now 2019 has been scheduled for Wizard World as well. It looks like it's going to be June 13th through the yes. 16th. Yes. Uh, which is about the same time, right? Or was Well, I think this year it was May. It was it the was end May. of May, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was kind of like it came out of left field. It was like, really? Like, are we are we prepared to like do it that quick and everything? It actually helps that it's back in June because that gives us mm-hmm. a little bit more time to get our product together and everything like that and i it's see when i used to go to uh was the world years and years ago it always was in may like mid to and, and it slowly creeped into june i wonder if they just had um, more shows and it made more sense to kind of push it out so that they could get over here it is it is because they i think they only do the pennsylvania sh- uh Phil is i think is the only pennsylvania show they do i don't do is there a wizard world pittsburgh i don't think so because there's one in i don't Ohio. believe so I'll, th- I'll look. I'll look. I'm on the I don't site. think so because I think there's one in Philly, obviously. Uh, I know there's one in Philly. And then there's one in, um, I think, Columbus, Ohio. So Pittsburgh's like in between both those. So I don't think they do a Pittsburgh one. But um, yeah. yeah. It, it, unless it, unless the they're doing a Pittsburgh one for their Ghostbusters Fan Fest the week before. Ooh. So you have on their site Austin, Madison, New Orleans, blah blah blah, and then there's just Ghostbusters fan fest. <laughs> well, they do like they will put on like a random. They did a Philadelphia. There like, was a horror thing, right? But yeah. it was the same weekend. Oh yeah, it so was the same weekend. This is a separate weekend all on its own. Interesting. So Interesting. that's kind of yeah, it's weird. Um, anyway, we'll talk about Wizard World next year. Uh, Keystone was it, it was. I liked that it was really easy to get into. I mean, I got there right at noon. As far as like the breadth of the show, like you know how how big like the room was for um for Wizard World Comic Con was it about the same size? Yeah. They, so I think they used the same as, as far as show floor is concerned. They used I think the same amount of space. Okay. It seemed like it was the same amount of space, um, but they there was a lot of open space. Um, especially when you first walked in, there was a lot of open space that looks like it could have been utilized better. Um, my, my, I, my biggest complaints, um, I, I guess I have two complaints really, uh, one, which is very minor, but it's similar to the PAX unplugged, um, complaint I had last year, which is where it didn't seem like they utilized a lot of local talent, um, for panels and stuff. Now I know for a fact that PAX unplugged did not do that last year. Um, and that was actually one of the complaints that they had, right? And I think they're trying to address it this I, yeah, year. Yeah, and I don't know because I didn't apply for panels this year, and I, and I don't know anyone else that I don't think they've um, I don't think they've made a fi- any final decisions for panels yet. So I don't know if any of my local buddies got accepted or not. Now Keystone could have had some local people doing panels. I just I, I'm not. I know more tabletop creators, and, and it's easier to find that information out with Pax and Plug than it is really with people that are hosting this stuff yeah. at Comic-Con. Well, this stuff, I mean, you're so many different kinds of fans. Yes, yes. But, like, I know like the kind of staples of Philly weren't there, like Noah with Plus Two Comedy, um, the uh, arm Armchairs and Wizards, um, uh, Tim, I believe his name is. And are they lo- they, they are local to Philly? No. Well, I think Noah is technically Jersey. I mean, no, no I know is he's around here all yeah. the time but I, I didn't know if armchair wizards he, was a traveling gig or he's, not i think from harrisburg i've done some research and that's kind of a hike so i can i could understand him not getting all the way yeah, out here yeah and and um that was and we, we'll talk more about this day three but like during a feedback session that was kind of like this is the first year so blah 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 like there, it's harder to get people out here this for the first year and also we're so close to new york comic-con blah blah, blah. there's a couple of mistakes made um and and uh th- again it could have been that th- there were local talent there. I just didn't know about it. But um, And that's not even a major complaint because at least the stuff that they offered was all interesting. I had a hard time picking and choosing what panels I wanted to go to. And and it's the only thing that's kind of that sucks is a lot of the stuff that I wanted to see was on Saturday and I couldn't make it. 
Um, and then the stuff that I was going to plan on seeing on Sunday, I ended up uh, missing because I had uh, to do some last minute cleanup stuff at home for uh, from from the night before. So I missed like there's this interesting comics in the classroom panel that I really, really wanted to check out. But it was like a first thing in the morning at like 10 a.m. or something like that. So I missed I missed that. But did you this is just me. Being curious, um, like the description of that panel, was it supposed to be like using comics as like a form of education? You know what? Or in the in the program guide, they had no descriptions, um, which is odd. Uh, now that I think about it, like it didn't even cross my mind. All the so I, I guess I saw a description of it in the app or maybe online, but I don't even know what the description was. I just that that heading got me. Okay. Um, but that is, if Keystone is listening, uh, definitely in your program guide, a suggestion would be to put the description of each panel in yeah, there. Yeah, even if it's just like a sentence. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and it, it's helpful for people who don't check the website, who don't check the app. The app was kind of new for yeah. them. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm imagining a lot of this was brand new because they were trying to figure out, like, are there going to be a lot of people? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, they had to have known that there was going to be a lot of people, but maybe when they got the brochures made. Mm-hmm. You still got to figure they make that late because they don't know what panels are going to be in place and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, the panel final panel decision is usually about a month out. They probably get it printed about two two weeks ahead of time. Um, but, like, for instance, they had some stuff in there about Greg Capullo, um, illustrator for DC Comics, did the, the New 52 run of Batman, did Dark Knight's Metal. Great. He's my favorite um, illustrator from DC right now. He's not the one that did full frontal Batman nudity recently, uh, is he? I don't think he was on <laughs> Batman Damned, dude. Yeah, I. I'm sorry. What was it? Batman's dong. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I have yet to read that I- issue, uh, but I'm surprised. Like the guy who reviewed it for That's Entertainment, like I got like only, I only Who's knew that about Ash? it. No, uh, uh, Josh from Victims and Villains, okay. Josh Berkey. He's reviewing Batman Damned, and um, I'm surprised he didn't say anything about it, like in our in our Slack channel, because. Uh, he was either really eager about it or <laughs> well, it's because like, on Twitter I see someone like posted the picture of it. I'm like, is that Batman's dick? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even seen it, but like I IGN reported on it, and uh, and apparently it got so bad that they've already removed it. So I don't know, like, oh really? They yeah. removed it? So I don't know, like, I mean, obviously the original comics yeah, that yeah. people have in hand, it's not removed from that. But I guess digitally, like, if you have yeah. the app, you don't see it on there anymore. I, that's a bold move to like. I mean, so this is their black label. I think it's called DC Black or something like that. No. And it's for the non It's bold either stuff. way, I think, now, because either you show dick or you cuck Batman. <laughs> well, dude, and if like if I'm looking at now, the, the picture I saw was literally just like that area. So it was hard to judge, but like... I think he's hung. <laughs> well, it, wouldn't it be weird? If, like, a yeah. <laughs> That's why Batman's angry. It's because he's got a little micro penis and I he's was, compensating. <laughs> I feel like if this is a weird discussion, but I feel like if, in the world of, of superhero uh, uh, package size, I feel like that, like it, it, he should be well hung Batman, but I feel like, I don't know. I mean, wind <laughs> resistance gets taken into play. I feel like the one that would be, <laughs> be tiny would be superman i don't know why it's just in my head it's fu- it's funny that the man of steel the guy who's literally a, like a god is is he's just reduced to nothing down <laughs> this is the this is the intro that's for mega ran right <laughs> yeah. sorry bud <laughs> uh yeah sorry sorry mr ran um anyway uh so day one was fun i i ended up so i uh i when i first got there found a table and I had to do some prep for my day. I had two interviews with Mega Ran and Sandy King. Uh, and then I had my uh, other, I had uh, a couple panels, no one panel. Uh, I had a John Barrowman panel that I was going to, that I was kind of prepping everything for. And um, that so was I, day two or day one. This is day one. Day two. I wasn't there. That was Saturday. Right. Uh, so, so day one, I, when I first got there, I just kind of prepped cause it was, there was not a lot of traffic that day. What it was. So when you, um, I took I took the train down, so you get into Jefferson and you get up to the the stairs and to where Hard Rock Cafe is, and that's like you never leave that building. It was great because like it was like to catch my train. Yep. I had to catch a five oh six on day one to get home in time for um for uh my my son had movie night um at his school and that was started at six thirty, so I had to get this five oh six train. I left the panel at 4:59 and was able to catch the train still. Yeah, I, I like that setup. We've we've always talked about like maybe doing the train like on the days that we don't have to bring mm-hmm. stock um mm-hmm. and we just get nervous about it. It's the same reason we don't take like an Uber when we're in Florida and go on the like 
universal it's, instead of um if now on a thursday friday it's if you miss a train there at least it's not a huge deal because they run about every it, 10 minutes or so yeah every 15 20 minutes the way home eh, still kind of around rush hour but if you if you miss like the 50 the 515 doesn't go to levittown uh and it was just late getting into where it did get into so anyway um so day one for me was a lot of prep, just walking around, um, kind of judging. <laughs> How was the uh, the Barrowman? Um... So the Barrowman panel, I think on Saturday he had his solo panel. Oh, okay. Uh, Friday's was a Accursion spotlight. So he's doing this new comic with Webtoon, who sponsored the whole... They were like the, the con sponsor. Okay. Uh, they're an app where you can read comics for free, and it's... They're made. They're they're digital comics made for digital reading. Okay. And so they scroll vertically. Um, That's I have, interesting. Yeah, I haven't. I've only read one or two comics on it. I haven't read this one yet because that one released um, the night before day one on September thirteenth. And this was a comic that he's developed, or occurs. So this is interesting too. So this comic book is um, the first and maybe only comic I've ever seen saw that says uh, Accursion starring John Barrowman. So uh, he and he, now any writing project he does, if I gathered from the panel correctly. Um, typically him and his sister, Carol, they get in a room and they, they talk it out for however long. And then once they have the outline done, basically she goes off and actually writes it. Okay. So he, he's, uh, he helps with the story and helps with like the, the, the blueprint of it. And then she actually gets the words down. Um, same thing with this, but the main character, I believe his name, his name is Charlie. He's based off of what John Barrowman looks like. So, okay. like if you look at, so it, that's what they mean by starring. Yes, yes. So it's and it so and the, and apparently it's the first comic that Webtoon is doing that has like music attached to it as you scroll through. Like music will play. That's pretty cool. I I have to jump into it. Um, I don't. I don't. I think I'm gonna read it after I write my um my article on this panel uh so that i can just kind of review that issue i've seen like there's people who like i've interviewed um who've done like the the ebooks and everything who've tried things like that and it's really hard when you're doing it by yourself yeah and you know they'll do like almost interactive books and everything but like it's hard to do it without like an organized platform if you're if you're doing a one-off book it's almost impossible to do the second one and have it feel mm. the same. And Webtoon is, I don't know if they're owned by or in a partnership with Legendary Comics or with like, with Legendary, yeah. which is... Well, you figure you got to evolve if you're fighting against DC, Marvel, yes. and stuff like that. And, so. and Webtoon's uh, mindset is that comics are going digital. Like this, their app is a way for people to get into comics again because they're free and they're digital. You're, they don't make you have to go. And and I get that. I still prefer to hold a paper comic because I read a lot of digital to review. So these are free, you said? Yeah, you can download the Webtoon app. It's called Webtoon, the app. How do they make their money? Is it advertisements or? I don't I don't know. That, that question was asked at the panel and um, I did not take the exact note on that. But uh, basically, the like some big company out in China, I believe, or Asia somewhere, maybe Korea, um, owns that is is owns Webtoon and like they just have money to burn. Okay. Um. Now, because like John Barrowman's getting paid, Carol Barrowman's getting paid, like everyone's getting paid to do this comic. I wonder if it's like a temporary, like it's free so that we can build up our. Well, now and... they also have a partnership, or they're part. I think that they have a partnership with Legendary. So there's also like some of their stuff. I think is getting turned into a TV show or something. So there's the hope that this gets optioned into a TV show. If the comic's well received, and it's it's a pretty cool concept. It's kind of like a modern day. Um, outlook on fantasy okay um, so it's 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 kind of like what you did with Talos, but with superheroes is what they're doing with fantasy in modern day though. okay uh, if that makes sense i don't know i probably did not explain it yeah, correctly. So, so it's it's like an urban fantasy yeah yeah. so yeah, a little yeah. bit less like from what i'm gathering it's a little bit less people from our time going into a side world where it's more fantasy it's we're bringing fantasy yes. into yeah, exactly kind of like like bright without being yeah, yeah, futuristic yeah. and and definitely not as from what I can tell based off the previews and the trailer that I watched, but you know, not as fantasy. Like there's, I don't think there's orcs and maybe there is, but not that heavy. Yeah. Fantasy. So Still like a very light fantasy, light fantasy. Yeah. But it's, it's a, it's a interesting. I'll have, by the time you're listening to this, that article should be posted. So you can go on to that entertains.com and find my Accursion spotlight uh, article to, to read more about it. And I'll, I'll hopefully have a review up of the first issue uh, probably after when this goes out. Um, 
but um, we'll be back on the other end. We're going to go to we're going to cut to my uh, interview with Mega Ran. For those that don't know, Mega Ran is um, he's no longer Philly based, but Mega Ran was uh, born and raised in Philadelphia. Uh, and he, I, God, I didn't know he was, and and we didn't talk about it in in the interview. But I like looked up some information. This is the most I've ever prepped for interviews with these two, with Mega Ran and Sandy King. And he's forty one years old, which is like he looks great. How long has he been um doing Mega Ran stuff? Because he was a different artist before he was Mega Ran. Right? Uh, yes, Random, I believe. Um, so he's been Mega Ran for how long? You think since the early two thousands. So, oh, shit. so, so I mean, he time. really should be Mega Ran X at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and we do, we talk about Mega Man, we talk about Final Fantasy, we talk about wrestling and, and everything that's influenced him to do this nerdcore hip hop. Um, and it's, it was a great conversation. It's a guy who I've wanted to talk to pretty much since I started. Everything is awesome because he, I knew he was a Philly guy. Um, he did, uh, or he does the intro that, um, party of one podcast uses, uh, infinite lives with uh, mega Ran featuring the D and D sluggers. So, um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of his and he has a, a new, um, song, uh, uh, Brett's Lamont. Am I saying that right? Lamont. Lamont? I don't Lamont? even know who Brett Hart. Uh, it's a, it's one of those like songs that are like. Um, I, I I suck at the English language. L a m e n t, I believe. What is it? L a m e n t. Lament. 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 Yes, lament. Yeah. lament. Brett's lament. Uh, so the sadness. Sadness. Yes, it's it's a very good uh, heel turn. I wrote that word today. Ooh, <laughs> it's a very good song that that's about wrestling and it's about like the Attitude Era and it's about Bret Hart turning heel and and it's also more like about how uh mega ran feels in, in this hip-hop current day hip-hop game kind of um is like the the undertone it's a really good song it's it, it that's actually posted the song is currently posted on uh that entertains.com you can scroll down to the you know it's it's probably midway through the latest uh, uh news post that we posted um and we'll also have it probably a link to it in this in the show notes here uh so without further ado uh we're back on the other end here's my interview with mega ran uh former philadelphia local artist whoop uh, all right so i actually um i was introduced to you from i have a friend uh, that does this podcast called party of one podcast oh wow uh, okay. two-player rpg and he does he uses uh, infinite lives nice uh, so uh and that was my introduction into to your world uh Ooh. so love it that's one of my my favorites thank you thank you one of my favorites too um but uh I like to start at origin points. Uh, you being from the Philadelphia area, uh, kind of a, a good landscape for the hip hop scene, I think. Uh, Definitely. So, so what? Like, where's your origin point? What leads you into music? Wow, I think just growing up in Philadelphia, with a, such a rich musical background and history around me, um, music always being present in the home. Um, when I was young, I sang on the choir. I, uh, you know, I was, I was around a bunch of guys who were really into hip hop. So that's what later got me into hip hop, but, uh, coming from soul music and things like that, we would, uh, attempt to kind of emulate that and put that into our, our hip hop tracks. Okay. Then, um, huge fan of video games as well. And, uh, just one day, a, a bunch of buddies, we all just decided to make, uh, make a rap song. Like, let's mm. just write a song. You know, it was, it was like the mid nineties when like. I thought hip hop was in like a like a second golden age. Yeah. So there was a lot of great stuff happening. You know, Wu Tang, Snoop Dogg, like a, a lot of the guys who are icons now mm. were just getting started. So it was a great time, and uh, and I just wanted to get a, be a part of that. So started writing some songs, and uh, some of my friends kept working with me, but then some of them just eventually would uh would stop writing songs, and they'd be like, "Hey man, your songs are really good. You should keep going." You know, and that that's what encouraged me to just keep going. And uh, later we got into freestyle rapping and going to open mics and performing live and learning how to just kind of translate the, the recorded experience to a live moment. And um, and yeah, I think that's how it started. Just getting caught up in the rush of yeah. all the cool stuff that was happening in music at the time, you know. So now in the in the 90s, I was, uh, let's see, like mid 90s, I was like in my teens. Okay. Uh, so I didn't really go out to the, I, and I'm from the suburbs, so I didn't really come mm -hmm. down to the city for many events. But I now know the city to be like in a creative boom when it comes to mm -hmm. any creative art, podcasting, uh, theater, uh, improv, all that, and music as well. How, how was it in the 90s? 
It was different, man. I, I, I will say, uh, I say this all the time, kind of half-jokingly, that if the city was the way it is now, I would have never moved. You know, I'm, uh. I moved in the early 2000s because I felt stagnant. You know, I didn't feel the creative boom. I didn't yeah. feel the creative freedom to be who I fully was. You know, I think that people were a little more closed-minded back mm-hmm. then. And the city was a little colder in general. <laughs> you know what I mean? It yeah. was... It was just a, uh, I don't know, it was a, I hate to say it, it was kind of like a follow the leader mentality. Like okay. we kind of did what New York was doing. Yeah, yeah, Or yeah. sounded like New York or worked two or three steps behind whatever mm. New York was, was working on. And um, and I felt myself kind of stuck, you know, when I tried new things, people would meet it with, you know, really harsh criticism or, or just like not understanding it, being like, oh man, you can't do that, you know? Yeah, oh. So when I was trying to do like nerdy hip hop and things like that, I don't think it was fully embraced or appreciated. And then when I see the city and what it's going through now, I see that there's nerdy, geeky stuff everywhere in Philadelphia. And like, I'm so excited about it, but I'm like, man, I really wish that was going on (laughs) when I was young, you know, it wouldn't have discouraged me, you know, at the time. And I was like, I still want to do what I want to do, but I felt like creatively I was in a rut, which is what made me move to Arizona. And and is Arizona, or at the time at least, was Arizona like, uh, more forward thinking when it came to nerdcore? Maybe. I guess so. But it was more like a, a, a barren land. I mean, it's mm. a desert. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so creatively, I feel like it was more of a land that was wide open okay. and free, you know. And so, therefore, they were more receptive, more receptive to anything mm. that was different. You know, hey, do what you do because because of it being such a transplant transplant area. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So many people in Arizona have come from other places. So I think because of that, there was a wide open sense of, hey, do what you want. It's the new Wild West, the new frontier, like be who you are, because, you know, we'd love it anyway. And um, and I feel like that's what was happening out there. And uh, so it wasn't that they were more creative or more free. It was just more space okay. to be creative. That, that's interesting. And I didn't feel that in, in Philadelphia. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, when I saw that you had, in the mid-2000s moved there, I was like, that's, like, you think it would be New York or L.A. And now mm-hmm. that you bring up, like, the, the, the transport of, of that, that's kind of like Atlanta, too. Is there a reason, like, mm, there's a Atlanta. couple different cities, Atlanta, uh, Phoenix area. Mm-hmm. Why Arizona versus another transport city? Well, it was cheaper than L.A. for me. Okay. That was honestly what it was. And I'm close enough to L.A. where I okay. can get there very quickly. I get to Vegas really quickly. I can get a lot of places from there. And uh, it really just came down to cost of living. And at the time, I was still teaching. Yeah. So yeah. I was offered a pretty good teaching job. So I was making music on the side, but I was teaching. And, uh, and I just wanted a new challenge. You okay. know, it's like Street Fighter 2. I don't know if you're how familiar yes, you are yes, with it. Yes. But Ryu's ending is, you know, he doesn't even stay for the ceremony to win the, win the cup or whatever. Yeah. It's like, where'd he go? Where is he? You know where he went? He's off okay. to the next challenge. Yeah. You know, okay. he's just walking down the road like, whatever, man. Yeah. I'm on to the next fight. And then he's sure you can drag and punch in rocks. You know, <laughs> like that was me. I, I, went, I went to the desert to drag and punch a cactus. Now, uh, you, you used to be a teacher. You're retired from that now. Yes. Uh, did you teach in the city proper? I did. So I have a fiance who is a teacher in the In, in the Philadelphia. City, oh. In Philadelphia. So, oh. um, I pray for her. Yeah. Well, she's an elementary school teacher. So Still. <laughs> it's, it's rough, but um, she loves her kids. That's, okay. that's what's important. Good, and, good, and good. There seem to be always a good crop of kids. But um, how was, like, what's the difference? I feel like Philly teaching or Philly school has got to be rougher than almost any other area. How is it going to Arizona, Phoenix? Well, I mean, you add in all the challenges. You keep all the challenges from Philadelphia school, Mm -hmm. and then you add in a possible language barrier, you know, when you go to Arizona, where 30% of my kids are bilingual or maybe come up in a home that doesn't speak English primarily. So you add in that extra layer of, 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 you know, a new hurdle. And I think it's more challenging than Philly even. You know, you're dealing with behavior stuff. That's normal. I taught middle school, so okay. we had all the behavior issues. Yeah. But, you know, adding in, uh, you know, a language barrier made it so rough for me. And um, But it, it, I welcomed the challenge. And it was something that made me a better teacher and more patient to deal with ki- kids who maybe couldn't understand what I was doing or saying, you know. And I would get other students to help me and translate. And, you know, it made me more resourceful than mm-hmm. I already was. And I think which 
all of it made me a better performer. Yeah. You know, yeah. being able to think on the fly and move quickly is something that teaching definitely gave me. Have you ever taken a uh, improv course or anything? Because that's something that a lot of creators I've talked to, wrestlers, mm. um, uh, I guess wrestlers mainly, uh, they they've all like said you know improv is like it's a great tool to help you think on your on your feet. Yes, it is. Uh, I've done a couple of improv classes and mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed them. So I want to do more actually yeah. because um, I do see the importance of that, especially mm-hmm. in, in, in wrestling, of course, and theater, anything where you're you're performing for mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. It's so important to be able to think on the fly, to be funny on the fly, to roll with the punches, to make something create out of nothing. Yeah. Um, so when I do. Uh, improv. I always pick up something new. Um, video games, wrestling have played a big po- a part of your at least professional life now. Uh, if <laughs> yeah. not, I'm sure as a, as a kid, uh, personal life. Um, mm-hmm. So I have to ask. Uh, I'm assuming that that uh, Mega Man is one of your favorite franchises, if not favorite. Uh, that would be correct. Um, so so if I, I have two franchises I want to talk about. Mega Man first. Pick one. What's your favorite? Ooh, this changes every time I'm asked this question. Um, okay, today I'm going to say X. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm usually a classic guy, mm-hmm. but lately the, the X collection just came out. Okay. So I've been running through the X games a lot, and X1 is still my favorite. Okay. Uh, now, I'm more of a Final Fantasy guy. I played Mega Man a little bit as a kid, but I'm more of a Final Fantasy guy. Big news from Nintendo. I saw you tweet about it today. Yeah. Um, so, so what's your favorite Final Fantasy? Well, it's got to be seven. Oh, okay. Uh, but when I go back, though, six or three is my favorite. Okay. Um, I'm really excited about this news about these games coming out on Switch because I, I've been wanting to replay them, mm-hmm. but I don't want to go chase down the old hardware. Yeah, yeah. So it's so good to be able to play them. But they were missing six and they're missing eight. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. So it's I don't know. Final Fantasy six. I'm from, I think, that generation that was right before seven. Like my my friend's little brother is a seven guy, and he was like maybe five years younger than us. Or yeah. so. So I'm a six guy, a three guy. That's, I mean, to the point where a friend and I wrote a script, to, like for a trilogy <laughs> of movies. Uh, from that. So, I, and I feel like that's had wow. what the Game Boy Advance um, yep. remastered, and that and you can't. That's like hundred and thirty dollars on eBay yeah, if you want it. Super rare. Yeah. Oh man, maybe that's why they haven't done it because. Well, I don't know if that would make any sense to to keep that game rare. Like, it's the only one that's, <laughs> it's, that exists. I don't know. But 8, to the, um, someone said that eight's the only one that hasn't been remastered yet. Yeah. And so maybe that's why they didn't put 8 on there. They're planning something uh, maybe. Okay. 20-year um, anniversary is coming up of 8. Okay. Maybe they got something planned for a special 8 release. Um, I'm excited to play 9 and 10 again, honestly. Yeah. Because um, they've been, I've kind of blew by them at the time. Mm-hmm. Like I played through them quickly, and I don't really remember a lot about yeah. them. I was at a time where college was starting for me. Like okay. things were getting important in my life, yeah. so I, I couldn't really sit down with them like I could with three and seven. You know? Yeah, I, I uh, I'm actually in the in the process of a playthrough. I'm on Final Fantasy Five Remaster for GBA or whatever. Oh, five is good too. It's it's and it's one of, like I actually it's one of those Final Fantasies now is one of those games that I set to the side because I'm such in a creative mode mm-hmm. right now. And then when I get like hampered down with too much of this, I'm like, all right, let me just take a break, fi- <laughs> grab my GBA, play some Final Fantasy Five. Yes. Uh, I still have an affinity for one. The original is yeah hard, real hard. Oh, it's so hard, <laughs> but good. But it's really good. Um, Mystic Quest also has a very special place That's, in my heart. That was when First I was... First game I beat. Yes, <laughs> I, 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 and that one is like, it's, I guess, just easy because like, it's mm-hmm. it's made for ki- almost it's kids. It's supposed to be like yeah. your first RPG yeah, experience. Yeah. And, and it was uh, it is great. The, the story's yeah. great. It's funny. And you get all the tools you need to basically to play the rest of the, yeah. the, the franchise. So yeah. it's a really good idea that they did that. Uh, so we mentioned wrestling. You do a, a wrestling podcast, Matt Mania podcast. I do, I do. Uh, so... A, what got you into podcasting? And B, uh, why wrestling for podcasting? Man, this is probably the fourth or fifth time I've tried to do a podcast. Okay. I've, I've quit every time. <laughs> it's not um, easy. I did a talk show, kind of a hip-hop chat show uh, with my DJ at the time. Probably in 2008, we started our first like podcast show. Uh, then I started moving in, trying different things. And uh, eventually we would... I'd get too busy or the other person would get too busy and we just didn't have the time to commit to it. So we stopped. So this one, 
I used to just do it sparingly because I really watch a lot of wrestling. I love to talk about wrestling, even if there's no one else to talk about yeah, it yeah. with. So that's really what it was. Like, okay. I just talked to myself about wrestling for <laughs> 40 minutes. And um, and then it kind of became like a multi-headed beast. I had um, a couple guys join the podcast, Teak Hall, the Neo X, Rock Knowledge. So now we have a four-person crew, and we bring guests in. And we go like live on site to events. And now I'm able to combine it with all the other things I love with the hip hop, mm-hmm. even with gaming and take the podcast out on the road. Yeah. That's you neat. know, which is really fun. So now when there's a big wrestling event that I'm traveling to, I try to make it a work trip. Yeah. So now I'm like, hey, can I also hold a podcast here? Like I should have done one here. I should have asked, but yeah. I didn't ask. So um, like things like that. So I try to mix the work and play as yeah. best I can. And it's it's been really fun, man. And uh, we just hit our hundredth episode. That's all. I'm really Congrats. excited about that. Like that that just to me was a mark that I never mm-hmm. thought I'd hit. You know what I mean? It took us. <laughs> well, God, it took like four years to get there. Mm-hmm. Like I started this thing so long ago. Well, fun fact: uh, podcasting. It's it's like fifty percent of the people that start them don't get to episode ten, and fifty percent of those people uh, that do get to, to ten maybe get to 100. So it's mm-hmm. a hundred. So it's it's that's an achievement. Wow, that it's, feels really good. That makes yeah. me feel even better about it. I'm so proud of us just being able to stick with it. And I think mm-hmm. the key to that was bringing in a, a, a couple other guys mm-hmm. who were just as passionate about it or maybe more passionate sometimes where they're like, dude, no, we got to talk about this. Did you see what just happened on New Japan? Like, we got to get together. And that's really what it was. It was like it's a moment for an hour a week where I can get together with friends and talk wrestling. Yes, and, that's, yeah. and we need that. You know, yeah. I think that that's um, – so yeah, it's not work when you're having fun. Exactly, you know? and that and you need that for podcasting. You need oh, to have absolutely. it be fun, otherwise it feels like work. Because if you're doing everything, editing, producing, all that, it's it's just so much work. It's it's so much. So much. <laughs> um, and uh, one last question uh, before before I let you go. Um, you on your website have this great little section about people who want to use your music. Mm. Um, uh, and, and as long as they buy it and, and I guess talk to you for, for certain uh, things, they, they can use it. That's, you don't see many creators giving back in that way. Like how important, when you, when you got to be able to, to be a performer full time, was that like super, like how important was that to helping other people like kind of pave the path for them? Oh, man, absolutely. When I started this, there was almost no path ahead of me. You know, there was no path to follow. And so I know that I got my start and I make no bones about it from, you know, someone else's, you know, intellectual property, you know, yeah, through yeah. Mega Man and being able to remix and flip and re- rework Mega Man tunes and rap over them. And Capcom could have easily shut me down. Yeah. They could have said, no, no more. You're gone. And I would have been off the Internet before I got started. But they didn't. They were nice enough to allow me to use, utilize their tunes to, to license me and things like that. And I want to be able to take that and give back to someone else. Mm-hmm. What would I look like to take get yell at somebody <laughs> for using my tunes illegally or without permission? So I just want to make it absolutely clear, like, hey, you are free to use any of my tunes for whatever, you know. Also bearing in mind that. Some of them have samples from other yeah. people, so you gotta sometimes talk to those folks. But uh, I, I like, well, yeah, what would I look like? I just feel like this—the very least I can do is to give that back to someone else. Be like, hey, if you need music to play in the background of your streams or anything like that on your podcast bumpers, whatever, I'm honored. Just, just tell people where you got yeah. it from, yeah. and that's it, really. You yeah. know, and it's, it's like. To me, it's it's nothing. It's like literally the least I could do. Yeah. It's like, no, you don't have to. I can't. I know folks are greedy about that stuff. Mm, yeah. And I've had situations where I've tried to use someone's music and then they've, you know, come down on me. Mm. So I didn't want that feeling to ever come to another creative. You know, we're all trying to create something to make this world a better place. Yeah. So if I can help you a little bit with that little stepping stone of, with some cool tunes in the background, then I'm honored and happy to help. Yeah, I, and I think that's incredibly nice because in the world, especially 2018, where it's full of creators who yeah. are trying to be on the top on their own, they're, they're looking out for number one. Yep. Um, it's nice to see someone who's who's at number one yeah. helping the little. No, I'm not number one. Uh, you're number one in our hearts. I'm number something. I don't know, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> uh, and and you did just release uh, heel turn. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heel. So the Brett's Lament track is out now. It. Love uh, it. We do use some auto tune. We have fun with that. It's a it's a track that 
I think if you understand wrestling, you know where I'm coming from. But it's just, um, it takes me back to a time in wrestling where, where things began to shift. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, and then in the mid-90s or so, the Attitude Era comes about. Yeah. Bret Hart, who's the grizzled veteran who's been there for a long time, who's been the good guy. All of a sudden, good guys aren't in anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, well, now you got to make that turn. And it's like, he didn't really turn. He just continued to do what he was doing. Yeah. But, but yet being himself wasn't you know pleasing to the fans it wasn't cool it, it wasn't, wasn't cool. Shawn michaels yeah it wasn't cool he wasn't crotch chopping he yeah, wasn't yeah. cussing you know so it's like oh you're not cool because you're not being doing the, the heel stuff so in essence he turned heel and so that i thought was a really fascinating moment you know we, we think about that bret hart and, Sh- and stone cold match and mm-hmm. uh wrestlemania 13 is yeah. probably the best match one of the best matches of all time yeah where the double turn happens you know mm-hmm. where where bret turns heel and uh stone cold turns face by passing out and not tapping out yeah. to the sharpshooter such great writing and i just i was like man if i can just try to encapsulate that for two minutes in a rap song it was <laughs> then, yeah uh, you yeah, know you it was, that's all i was trying to do i uh what where do you where where are your thoughts on wrestling current day wrestling because the 90s like i don't i don't think it gets better than that attitude era oh man uh, one thing that i think made it so great is man those crowds were so hot yeah if you go back and watch them i mean when that glass breaks for stone cold the place oh, erupts yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like we don't get those type of reactions yeah. anymore like you just feel the goosebumps you're like oh my god they're so into it there's a million signs people are holding up like yeah. people are just going crazy so nowadays though the wrestling is i think better than ever like mm-hmm. we have in-ring talent at, okay, at a yeah. higher level than it's ever been yeah agree. there are great wrestlers everywhere in every federation everywhere and there seems to be options like yeah there's there's uh, all, indie is big like you can make a living cody rhodes makes a living now not with the wwe and not yeah. with a major company it used to be yeah if you were that was the only game in town yeah. and now i think it's just like music where eventually it opens up to the indies mm-hmm. you know with all in happening and going so well you know hopefully i'll inspire other indies to be like man we can do this we can do pay-per-view yeah. we can we can bring people in and we can have a really good show you know and you know make a living and i think that's most yeah. important and that's where we learn with podcasting and yes. independent music like wow now we can do this we don't need some major podcast network yeah to make something happen for us like we could just do it yeah and reach the people you want to reach and those people will hopefully speak with their their wallet and their their clicks and downloads mm-hmm. and uh, it's a great time man. It's, it's the greatest time to be a creative i think so too. And maybe the greatest time to be a wrestler as well because it's like yeah you have options like you said before i let you go for real this time super bowl 52 how did you celebrate e a g l e s eagles um man oh man it, it was it hurt my heart not being in the city when yeah, that happened yeah. but man oh man i was jumping up and down i was outside of my house yelling eagles chants all <laughs> night long i'm sure people got so tired of me oh it was so so I still can't believe it. I'm yeah. just being honest. I really don't believe it happened. I still get chills. <laughs> I still get chills when I when think you, about when it. You think we're the defending champions. Like yeah. that's crazy. It's like that's every time I see it, I see a banner, I see something, I see mm-hmm. it on your hat and yeah. I'm like, yo, that that happened. That happened. Like it was yeah. real. And like <laughs> people are like so much kinder in this area. The greater Philadelphia area, suburbs too. It used Sp- sports does a lot yeah. for for a, a town's morale. And uh I you know, it's so funny with this with this being so close to 9/11, I remember yeah. the um the Giants, I think, or the Patriots wind up going to Super Bowl not long after that. Yeah. And they were saying that that that, that helped morale in the yeah, city. Yeah, yeah, and, like, it's very true, mm-hmm. man. Like, that stuff can change the entire mm-hmm. landscape of the people, yeah. you know, just from getting together for sports. Sports yeah. brings people together, man. Yeah. And, uh, man, I'm just – I still can't believe it. And it's it's awesome. And I, I hope that we can do it again. I, I think we can. I think we can. <laughs> uh, Megaran, thank you so much. Dude, thank you anytime all right and that was a uh, such a fun interview um so grateful of mega Rand's time because he was here i felt bad using up all these people and it's only two people i interviewed but using up their time because like they're there to sell like he was there for day one and day one only he was performing later at night and he had a table set off to the side to sell merch so like I did feel kind of badly being like, hey, I mean, they asked, they invited me to do the interview, so I shouldn't feel that bad. But um, I'm so grateful of his time. Like I said, it's about 15, 20 minutes. Spoiler alert, we didn't listen to the interview live. I have to go through and edit it still. But yeah, he was a great dude, really kind with his time. 
Uh, and um, I can just tell from talking to him like he's just a kind soul. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why, but just like, I, I I just vibed with him on like a wavelength. I I <laughs> I, I, I feel like in in another life. Uh, you guys would be best friends we, instead we, of you and me. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Kevin. I feel like in another <laughs> life I'm his DJ Jazzy Jeff, but that's a talent. Without a talent. I, th- I think that's that's a very warm thought, Kevin. <laughs> um, so, uh, and really, I think we covered pretty much all my first day. It was it was really spent walking around. Um, sh- you know, I checked out Alternate Dimensions, which is Waski's uh, brother's shop. Uh, I checked that out. Um, and Alternate Dimensions is the one in... It's a new town. Yeah, that's the one. You've talked about that to me a couple of times, right? Yeah, yeah. It might have been Matt has been talking to me about it as well because he wanted to run some Quantum Quest in there at some point. I think they do some stuff. I don't know. I've asked Waski about like running a show from there and, and it's I got to talk to his brother is yeah. ultimately what I have to do. But um, they always go to these cons and whatnot and um, Nick was there the night before to set up and then he was there for day three because he couldn't get out of work the other two days uh, to help break down. Um, but like walked around the shop and, and you know, I, I will say that I did not take, um, I took for granted what was there that first day because I think I was more like judging the, the con that first day. Yeah, it was more like, you know, you were like, is this going to be a long haul kind of thing? Is this going to be, I think your mic's off. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Go ahead. But it's on now. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're going through it, and you're like, you know, is this going to be, you know, like a pertinent thing going forward? Yeah. Like, is this something that I want to put my time towards? And it sounded like yes. I yeah, I, I loved it, and I th- I think um, that what they're doing um, is a good alternative to some of the stuff that Wizard World does. Um, I think that um, I think that they have a lot of things that they need to look at and and kind of tweak and enhance um to to get to that level um no. and and they even said people ask like is this ever going to be a four-day con and they're like well that like it took 10 15 years for new york to do that um they have another con that they ran that they run that took emerald city i think took like 15 years now you look at wizard world and i think philly is like one of only like between two and four that are a four-day con mm-hmm. so they might learn that philly has a big yeah. Comic Con presence. There's there's a market for it for sure. Um, I think the issue is, with with them specifically is that they are in between Wizard World, which regardless of you know it being a different company, that's still a con. That's still like for people shelling out three day tickets, like 150 or I don't know how much it is. Well, but I, I'm just gonna jump in because I know it. Uh, it's on my screen. So right now you can get the four day admission um, for. Was a World Philly for sixty bucks. Oh wow! Yeah, that's super and then cheap. there's a silver VIP package for one hundred and nineteen ninety nine. Oh, that's right. I was I always think of the more expensive ones because I'm like that's ridiculous. But sixty bucks for four days that's, is fantastic. That's a great price, and I think that's what more in line. I think it was like fifty dollars. I think for three days at, at Keystone. Um, but you do have people shelling out all this money to whether it's for the pass or for photo ops or whatever. They're shelling out a lot of money. And Wizard World, I feel, is a lot more expensive. Now, I know I don't think the cons actually set the prices for autographs and stuff. I feel like that's the actual talent that does that. Yeah, or their manager or something like that. But I feel like I feel like it was like consistently triple digits at Wizard World to get photo ops because I did look at it just out of curiosity last year. Yeah, there was a couple of them who were like 110 or and more. Then, yeah, yeah. And, and that was individual. That wasn't yeah. even with a trio because I think yeah. like Sean Bean, Jason Momoa and Natalie Dormer were like mm. a little over $200. And so it was definitely a discount but I, still it was... I want to say the most expensive one was around 100 to $110 at uh, Keystone. And was that Paraman? No, he was... I, Maybe no, I don't even think he was triple. I think he was between sixty and a hundred. Okay, I think. And I mean, I I looked at it all, and I if I, had I had extra resources, I would have I would have gotten Barrowman's picture because the sure. big ones this year from from memory. Because again, I kind of I had the pass on going. It was the the office group, yes, um, yeah. the True Blood group, and yep. then um, Catherine Tate didn't end up going. Right, she, she was dropped there. out. Oh, okay. I think I she, thought she was. dropped out. No, I think she was there. Because I saw her, yeah, I saw her, they, usually if they drop out, they take the signs down. And I yeah. saw her signs there all weekend. Maybe she dropped out like one of the days or something like maybe, that. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, no, I mean, yeah, it, it's definitely, I'm going to try and plan not to have a colonoscopy next year. <laughs> to so. me, I, I, to me, I think it was, I preferred this con simply because Barrowman was there. Yeah. Um, well, a lot World, of the time it, it really hinges on who's going to be there. Because yeah. a lot of people won't go unless there's people who either they they really like to see or people who they haven't seen yet yeah and there was and i think that's that's where keystone's gonna have 
an issue because they have for ta- for for talent they're going to bring in and for people uh, to come the 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 audience like you have Wizard World happening two months before then and then you have uh, New York Comic Con happening two months after now is it two months or is it even closer than that probably probably uh, uh, I'm going to do some research for us for next year it's what mid June to the end of August. And then probably mid-October. It's usually early. So it's not a full two months. It's probably about a month and a half between now and... there. So 2018's New York Comic Con is actually October 4th. So that was, what, two weeks in between this year's Keystone. And and that's tough. That's tough yeah. to get people to come. Like, no one from New York is going to come down for that. No, probably not. But on the, on the bright side, um, if you're having a hard time booking talent, they might be like, well, I'm going to be on the East Coast anyway. Yes. yes. So, so they are moving it back to about two to three weeks to like August 23rd ish, I think, um, for next year for 2019. So, assuming that usually New York Comic Con happens that first weekend of October, because remember when we went and did our live show there, it was October 8th. So, you figure you're going to have at least a full month, month and a half between those two cons, and then about what a month, two and a half months between Wizard World and Keystone. Yeah. So that might help. Uh, we'll see. I, I think they have a lot of um, potential uh, to be another great con. If they keep their prices low um, and whatnot, I think they'll, they'll be great. Uh, and they just have to, I think it's going to hinge on talent, um, yeah. getting the talent out here. Uh, and I like the talent that was there this year, even though I'm not like, I don't like True Blood. I never, I shouldn't say I don't like, I've never really watched True Blood. I was a fan of The Office, but I didn't see anything with that. Was their, they had a huge turnout for The Office this year. Yeah, it looked like that. And I know True Blood, like all the actors have gone on to do fantastic yeah. things. So, well, And the whole reason I went to go see that panel was because I wanted to see um, Joe... Moyer? No, Steve. Min- that's oh, Man- Mangiello or whatever. Yeah. Do you know that he's a big D and D player? Yeah, yeah, and that's why I wanted to go see him. I wanted because he seems like a fun, and it was a really great panel. Like I know nothing about True Blood, and just like they were all really funny, and and seeing them talk together was about the conversation for me. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Uh, but more on that in the next episode. Uh, where can people find you, Mike? Uh, you can find me on Telus.com, T E L L E S T, and you know all the social medias that follow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and make sure you check out also, uh, everything is awesome on Real Awesome Pod at uh, Twitter and Facebook at Awesome Podcast on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at That Nerdy Kev, which is where I do most of my tweeting and twatting. And of course, you can find us on the That's Entertainment Podcast Network at thatentertains.com slash network and awesomepodcast.com for everything is awesome. I'm Kev. I'm Mike. We'll see you next time right here on awesomepodcast.com. Whoop. That's Entertainment Podcast Network. Entertainment and culture. Artist owned. Fan supported.